Welcome to another episode of Scouting for Growth, the podcast that amplifies new voices, challenges the status quo, and sets new trends in finance, insurance, and health among the few. Today, we have a truly special guest with us, Eric Hatz, the managing partner at BEA Ventures and co-founder of Bolt, now known as Boltec which completely transformed into the powerhouse it is today. Indeed, Boltech is an insure tech like no other. With an international footprint spanning three continents, the Boltech team brings together people around the world with more ways to protect the things they value. They quote annually $50 billion in premium value. Ari is no ordinary entrepreneur, though. With 30 years of experience, he is a software industry titan whose ventures have repeatedly shaken up the insurance sector. Ari now leads BA Ventures, aiming at rapidly scaling startups to penetrate or create new markets. BEA Ventures offer what they call a transformative investment journey, a fascinating multi-step approach that integrates an intensive and extensive global network and in-depth industry knowledge to scale companies effectively. So today we will dive deep into a variety of crucial topics. First, strategic vision and market positioning. Then we'll go into startup acceleration and value creation. I wanted to talk about data, 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 and technology. That is going to affect us so much in 2024. Then we look into future outlook for 2024 and what collaborations mean and much more. You are not going to want to meet this conversation, actually. Yes, it promises to be a masterclass in insights and strategies that could be the catalyst you just need. So let's get into it. Hi, Ari. Thank you so much for joining me on Scouting for Growth today. Hi, great being here. So Harry, first of all, we always ask one question before going into the meat of the discussion. So it would be lovely if you could actually help my listener to understand who you are, what you do, where you're coming from, where you are going. Okay, so uh, my name is uh, Ari Katz. I'm uh, a co-founder for Bolt, which uh, has uh, later become uh, Boltec. Um been working for um, over 30 years in uh, uh, founding and managing uh, companies, software companies, uh, with several successful exits. And nowadays, um, in the process of establishing uh, B Ventures, which is a, uh, a new venture fund that we are establishing together with Boltec. Uh, B Ventures is Boltec, Eric and Ari, um, with the idea to leverage what uh, what we have from from Baltic and our experience uh, so far to uh, try and help uh, new uh, startups and companies. 
That's super cool. So I would love to go into strategic vision and market positioning for B Ventures. Um, all right. So why did B Venture come to, to bear? Why did you create B right now, right? Right at this moment? Because I've seen when we talked over the past three to four months, I heard about the launch and what market gaps and opportunities you are trying to uh, gaps, alleviate opportunity you are trying to grab, please. So for the past, I would say year in a year and a half within Boltec, um, we've moved from management of operations into looking at uh, external companies uh, with the idea of there's been a lot of investment going into the fintech and insurtech space uh, in the past two, three years. Uh, on the one side, on the other hand, uh, for Boltec perspective, um, there is limited resources on, on that are working on uh, on the roadmap and everything that's needed for uh, uh, for its operation. And the idea uh, was, let's see what's available externally and see what we can leverage both from a Baltic perspective, but also for the company's perspective, uh, help them uh, get to uh, to the right distribution, to the right places and, uh, and uh, in a win-win environment. Uh, what we've seen is that many of those companies are, are um, I would say, young and not mature enough to be able to be uh, to get into those places, and um, we've seen over 150 companies. And what we we uh, we saw is that uh, they need uh, more guidance. They need uh, some uh, funding. This is typically like a seed A type of funding, and they need uh, more handholding, um, improve their product market fit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we said, okay, this is something that should be done externally, um, and that's where uh, the thought of uh, creating a an external uh, VC came into play. That's super cool. And, you know, some of the um, challenges you have actually highlighted echo very much with me because when I set up Alchemy Crew Ventures, um, it was all about helping the startups. But for me, helping the startup work with corporate. So my focus has always been around B2B. And on the corporate side is more around, you know, industrializing, democratizing, helping the corporate really understand the method of collaboration and partnership and, you know, automate, I would say automate this, like make this a little bit more of a system internally. So building blueprint with them, but also then identifying the right partner they could collaborate with. Um, what I've seen though, uh, Ari is past year, uh, we are in 2023, 2021 and 2022 were absolutely amazing for fintechs, right? We had billion invested in Shotech, I think it was around 18 billion. Uh, last year, 2022, it went down to 9 billion. And this year, it's also going down and we estimate yeah. to 4 billion. So this year is really tough for startups, young ventures to raise funding. Uh, we have helped a few do so, but you know, the process and the length of time it's much longer and you have to talk to many more investors or key small frogs to get uh, to the outcome. So my next question to you, Ari, is despite high inflation, high interest rate, you know, escalating cost of capital. And that's why I think investors have choice today. Um, they can pick and choose and look at really cool business models and decide a yes or no. What unique angle do you think your team is going to bring to the market, which is missing today? So I think uh, the unique angle that we we provide is as uh, several steps. So one uh, around uh, identify. So identify the companies that uh, we want to look at. Um, 
using the Boltec distribution, we see companies um, that come to us or we see need based on clients and prospects. So that's, I would say, the first area is being exposed to what's uh, what's needed and uh, what companies, so we call it uh, identify, right? That's the, the first part. I think the second part, which is also very, very important, is the validate. So typical VC, when they look at the company, how do you validate that their idea or their solution actually um, has some market acceptance or what's what's what to do with it? And from us, the, the, the thought is, um, and thought and, and action, basically, that we already did with a few companies, is um, either small POCs or validate it with customers, with prospects, with partners that, that 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 we have hundreds of them that we can tap into the right one and say this is a is this something that's of interest to you, uh, and then uh, we can take it to the next step. And last but not least, I think most of the expenses when you talk about the investments, it's much harder to get money. A lot of the of this. Um, of the funds go to a product market fit. Yes. So you you have in I would say almost all of the companies that I've talked to at some at some point have done several iterations. It's it's rare to see a company that hit the right product market fit just from the start. And this is expensive and it's time consuming, which are of course uh, combined. So if we are able to help with the product market fit, shorten the time to get to a good product market fit, I think that's something that's very important for those companies that are uh, striving for, for cash and not spend it on, uh, on, a product, on a product that doesn't fit what they need. Ah, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's so critical um, to get that product market fit uh, right. And, and what I've seen, you know, often when I talk to ventures, I make the assumption because I've done acceleration program, but most of them have done an acceleration program. So I'm always very surprised when they don't really understand what a business model canvas on a value proposition canvas is, yeah. or even the lean methodology, right? Or some of the tools from Alex Alston Water around strategizer. Because if we get those right, right, we can understand who the customer is, we align the features to the customer need, and then we validate the business case and that somebody wants to buy the product, right? Whether it's a big company or a consumer, then we have a much more valid product market fit. And this yeah. should take, you know, 12, 12 weeks, right? Not more than three months. And we often see startups where it takes much longer. So, Harry, what are the trends? We are moving into 2024. What are the tech trends you are going to look for, the ventures you are going to help go into your uh, distribution channel and this relationship you have built over the past 30 years with insurance company and else? So um, I think we are mostly looking, again, it's not exclusive, but we're mostly looking at areas where we have some synergy with um, with Boltec offering or distribution or capabilities so we can actually enjoy that uh, from both sides. Uh, and the areas we, we've seen that uh, that have um, a lot of traction or okay, and uh, potential is around one is around uh, data and insights and everything around uh, uh, those capabilities where um, there are a lot of new companies, not necessarily uh, all of them in the insurance space, but uh, that they are able to create uh, data and insights and seeing uh, how we embed that into our into an offering together with Baltic and accessing the carriers. Uh, to the, the platform. So that's one area, but there are many companies within that, that area that fit. 
another, another area that we see as uh, something that with a good potential is, uh, I would say, personal cyber. Uh, we are uh, very large in the device protection distribution in, in both, like we are device protection in 35 countries around the globe. Uh, and um, cyber protection, similar to device protection, there is a lot of synergies between the two. When you, when you think about I'm protecting my device or I'm protecting the, the virtual space of, of my device uh, and everything around that. So, so there's more and more awareness to that, that type of uh, product. So that's another area that we see a need. Um, and, and, and some more, and I think around um, companies that provide capabilities to insurance companies, that uh, that we can leverage. So the two areas I would say is capabilities external to the insurance companies, whether it's data solutions, et cetera, et cetera, that we have distribution for. And the second is things that we can easily bundle within uh, the device protection because we have a lot of uh, storefronts, not ours, but two or third parties uh, that we can leverage to sell products. So those are the two main areas that we are. Yeah, it's interesting because um, knowing Voltec, uh, which grew fantastically. I think the last number I've seen is you actually handling something like 44 billion of premium transaction GWP uh, across your platform. What is interesting is the platform is really about embedded insurance and enabling mm -hmm. the distribution to get access to the insurance offerings that is the most critical for their customers. And so when we look at the way the world is moving, we have an aspect around data protection, me as a maybe a mini a macro influencer, you know, I need also those protection when I use my Instagram, yeah. my LinkedIn, my Twitter, right? So it's a device I'm using, but it's also my reputation that I need to protect. So an insurance like this is actually critical uh, in my life. But it's also I think when you say insurance, it's what, what you care about, and I won't speak for you, but it's not just the insurance, it's the capability. What what you're what you want is for someone to help you retrieve it, so you have someone that you can talk to or so, that will help you guide you. What's the next steps? So it's not just the uh, the money that you lost in those uh, whatever two weeks that it was down. Um, it's more important for you to have the safety and the, and the comfort to have someone help you, uh, or first of all protect you beforehand to try to prevent it, but also someone help you along the way versus the actual cash that you would get uh, as a compensation. So. Absolutely, it's a safety, the, the peace of mind. You're absolutely right. The peace of mm -hmm. mind is actually the recovery. I heard stories of, uh, you know, major, as well I said, I'm a micro influencer, but I've seen stories of major influencers where their you know, Instagram account got hacked and then they make money just through Instagram. And so they lost a source of income um, for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. And that should never happen, right? So that's why the value of the work you are doing is critical. And also identifying, therefore, the new players, the new angles those players can take to augment uh, the Voltec value chain uh, and distribution framework because we want seamless. We want no touch point. We want one click button um, efficiency uh, services nowadays. On the other side, what I find fascinating, uh, Ari, is your angle around data and analysis. We know generative AI is here. So that is an adjacency for insurance. So how do we identify the emerging risk and uh, the technology which could enable, but also how can we protect ourselves from it? Absolutely fascinating and needed as well. But so when I look at startup, you know, from an acceleration and value creation viewpoint, 
You already mentioned the critical part of the value chain, which is missing using the uh, BA Venture framework, is product market fit. So what are, for you, when you look at those ventures you are trying to attract and help them be more successful with your client base, your, your, your network of distributions, what are the chief obstacles uh, they typically experience, you know, beyond the fact that their product market fit is too long? Can you share a bit more with us on that front, please? So, yeah, I see startups uh, in, in I'm not saying all, there are cases where people tend to develop things, I would say, quote unquote, in the lab. So we have the developers, the product, and, and they work and, and they think that's the right solution, but uh, they don't have enough uh, client and prospects feedback. Uh, and therefore you get solutions that, that may work great, but are not necessarily what the client needs. So that's something that uh, still happens. I know it sounds weird, but it's, it, it happens. Uh, and there are cases uh, that's, I would say, more common when you develop something and you have a big client, or at least at, your, at an early stage, it's a big client, and you develop it tailored to that client. And then when you move to the next client, you see that what you developed is doesn't exactly fit the next line because the developers more as a project versus a, a product, which is what you are aiming to do in most cases. You're not again, there are companies that are project companies, but many of those are startups are looking to create a product. And then uh, if it becomes too specific to one client, then it's hard to make it scalable. So that's that's another thing that uh, that we see. Um another thing is around the actual business model. So the product is great, you have all the features but you're trying to sell it in a way that uh, doesn't work. And it might be because uh, people, let's say data. So there are cases where people don't want to buy data because they've been offered data so many times, they paid for the data, but they didn't see any, any returns uh, because a thousand of different reasons, right? And there might be cases where you can offer it, not as a subscription, but um, something like a profit sharing. Mm -hmm. uh, I would use the data to sell those those products, and we would share the the, uh, the, the additional profits. So things that are not trying to to change uh, what you offer, even though the product is the same. So yeah. the offering itself might change, even though you've developed a set of capabilities, but it's not necessarily um, how you should sell it. Yeah, you actually already highlighted your years of experience in the sector. And you also highlighted already that Boltec, Eric, Ari coming together within BA Ventures to actually offer something different within um, our industry and beyond, actually, when you look at the agency you serve. Ari, can you tell us a little bit more around the knowledge? You know, we are in the knowledge economy today. It's all about the experience and expertise we have accumulated for years. Can you... Tell us a little bit more around that knowledge, that expertise that Ari and Eric and yourself, Ari, can bring to those ventures to help them scale a bit better and maybe think in terms of portfolio as well, as I guess you're going to build a really interesting portfolio during the next few years. So first, as you said, uh, we we want to help uh, from our experience on uh, on the battle scars we've, we've had in, in those years. So. Uh, trying to prevent, if possible, mistakes that uh, that we've done in the past and we made a lot of mistakes uh, and help those uh, companies uh, try not to do them. So that's, I would say, one. The second is the capability of actual uh, leveraging client access and leveraging prospect access and market access to validate it, not just by us, by uh, 
by the actual clients. I think that's that's key, right? Uh, you might have one one level of experience, but if you manage to to get um, and ask, you ask the managers within Botech, you ask uh, sometimes prospects and clients if there's something that they want, um, market research, all those things can help definitely shape um, and, and scale those uh, portfolio companies. That's great. You already mentioned one thing, which is core to my thesis and uh, an area I'm going to focus in extremely uh, next year in 2024, Harry, which is data and technology. The past year, you know, seen the launch of um, ChatGPT in November 22, even though Generative AI didn't start then, I've been playing with technology. I've been analyzing um, players, tools for the partners I work with, mostly insurance companies. When you look at data and technology, how do we make data more actionable today? What have been your lessons learned working with Boltech? And from a technology evaluation viewpoint, how do we assess how technology is going to disrupt us in the future? Because it's moving super fast now, right? It's overwhelming the change coming to us and keeping aware of all the bots and bolts, actually, that we need to pay attention to, to be successful today. Tell us. So I think two things. One, on uh, data, when we talk about that, we, we are focusing on insurance, but data is, is global, right? It is all kinds of companies that produce different sets of data. Some of them don't even think of insurance, but there are, or they might be relevant for insurance, which is something that we are looking at. Uh, so definitely there is an area there that uh, maybe this data uh, hasn't been used for insurance so far for different reasons, and maybe there is a fit. So that's one area. But I think in in if you look at the insurance side, insurance is a data business. So yeah. uh, we talk about insurance. Those companies have been gathering data forever. Uh, that's their business. They gather the data, they analyze the data, they learn from the data, you do the underwriting, you do that. So everything is, is based on data. So it is definitely a, a data-oriented business. Uh, and so a company that's successful is a company that managed or is, is managing to uh, leverage their data and uh, or others' data and um, and do proper underwriting, proper pricing, et cetera, et cetera, and, and be successful, right? So that's, I would say, quote, maybe a given, right? You need to be able to leverage data in order to succeed in the insurance place. Um, what we are seeing since there the, are all kinds of data companies that not necessarily, uh, as we talked about, smaller companies, insurance companies, different data sets, uh, new capabilities, AI. So there's a lot of things going on in the data business on the one side, and you have the carers that are uh, trying to, to adapt in, into those uh, ongoing uh, and, and new changes and new capabilities. What we are looking to do, again, is this, this is more of uh, things that we're trying to build, is more a capability where we can aggregate uh, different data companies, different data capabilities, whether it's different insights, whether it's AI models, the, all, all kinds of capabilities into one place mm -hmm. where we can enable the carriers that are on our platform, that are, we already work with. Uh, for example, in the US, we have over 150 carriers that we are connected to and work with uh, to leverage this to the exchange. So we can say, uh, okay, I want to only get this and this and this, and we within the exchange, because it's also rules-based, decide, okay, this is um, these types of risk you won't get, or this data we can add into the transaction that you get. So all kinds of things that has to do with uh, with data and insights, but not necessarily without the care needing to do all the work or any work on their end, mostly on That's the business true. side. This is what we want. This is what we like to write. This is the type of information that we think 
is, uh, is important and without them needing to do all the integration and the analysis and gather the data and do the underwriting, et cetera, et cetera, which is a, a very lengthy process. In some cases, they don't even um, know how to receive this type of data, right? It's maybe new data attributes that they, they don't have in their systems. Yeah. So that's, that's where I was thinking about how the bolts fit together, right? It's where bolt tech power comes into play by leveraging an exchange, a platform, a system, which has been built over the past few years to enable through distribution, the insurers to get access to where they have weakness, right? You mentioned data as a great example, if we can enrich that data. And I've seen some amazing work done by by Plank recently. And I'm thinking, imagine if Plank was, you know, able to push some of their amazing new generative AI that can actually provide a commercial line insurer to evaluate what is a good risk, what is a better risk, and what is the right price on the right data, which is now available through transparent, explainable, and trustworthy generative AI. That could be an, an interesting proposition because then they can close the deal much faster. Looking yeah. to the future now, Ari, 2024, I already mentioned the big number, and um, I so much look forward to sharing this before the new year starts. Given the volatility experience in 2023, where is the money going to be in tech and insurance? I know you already shared with us your trends and where you want to focus. Is there other things we need to pay attention to in 2024? I think one is, is again, again, around data. Um, that's for sure is growing and more capabilities and more companies and um, and AI, which is definitely there um, and, and different capabilities, being able to do more tailored insurance. Yeah. Leveraging the data. So that's something that's uh, um, evolving. And another area, which is not related to data this time, is more around the ecosystems. So uh, if you look at um, what's happening in, in Asia, you see the, a lot of big ecosystems that insurance is part of them. When you look at uh, in the US and in Europe, uh, it's less so. Uh, in the US, you have the big brands, the, the Geico Progressive uh, State Farms of the world. Um, and you don't really have an ecosystem that's selling insurance efficiently. Yeah. Uh, and if you look at uh, Asia, you have the, the brands which are ecosystems, um, the WhatsApps of, of Asia that, uh, that do have distribution and are selling insurance as part of their uh, distribution. So I think the, the ecosystems and the, the digital platforms that actually enable those ecosystems um, is something that we will see growing more in, in 2024 in in, um, in US in, in Asia. It takes time, but yeah. it is a place where you can actually embed insurance, uh, and 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 it's in, in the right place in many cases. When you do something that has the connotation uh, for the transaction you are doing, which is not insurance, and you offer insurance in an embedded fashion that's seamless, I think that's that's where you would see more and more uh, insurance distribution going to. That's cool. You mentioned the word collaboration. And I love the fact that you also highlighted the difference between the three different main markets we are operating and working in, United States, Europe, and Asia. I always wondered, because I'm a collaborative person, I love working with ecosystem. That's why I work with insurers and startups. For me, it's all rooted in partnership, collaboration, um, you know, Partnership extensions, and I've seen great company, for example, like Wacom doing a great work at it in Europe. But as you said, it's less prevalent 
uh, in the United States, it feels much more competitive, actually. So do you think market like Europe and United States will change? Do you think that they will learn why, you know, adding one plus one can equal 10? What has been your experience looking at some of the change, you know, lesson we've learned us in Europe from Asia? Do you see that moving to United States as well? So I think, again, from what I see, I see things moving both ways. I think that there are actual policies and the insurance in the U.S. is rather sophisticated uh, from, a, I would say, from a, and in Europe, from an underwriting perspective, less so in Asia. Mm -hmm. And the distribution, I would say, is more sophisticated in Asia because of the ecosystem versus the U.S., which is more traditional, right? Yeah. You have direct, you have agents, but you have less of an ecosystem where it's in the right place when uh, when it makes sense for you to offer that insurance. I think that's something that can can be and will be improved in, in the U.S. So there, there is learnings on, on both sides on... Uh, um, Okay. Yeah, fascinating. So, Harry, if somebody listening to this discussion wanted to reach out to you, what should they do? What should they do? Just email me or you know, LinkedIn or whatever. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. And any last few words of wisdom and empowerment for the startup, for the corporate, for the collaborators which are there? I don't know if last word, I think one thing that um, we did mention when we talk about collaboration just now, um, thinking a few years ago, it was uh, the incumbent versus the disruptors, right? Yeah. It's the, who will prevail, right? You have new companies coming into, into play and they, and they aim to, uh, um, to be the leaders in the insurance. So we see that uh, this is something that uh, didn't happen, right? The, the money is still with the incumbents. They have the big checks. They have the... the uh, a lot of capital, yes. and, but the opportunity didn't go away. The opportunity is more uh, with their neighbors, right? You need to be able to uh, to collaborate, which is the big challenge with the insurance companies. Uh, they have different culture, different mentality, different pace. It's, it's hard to do this type of, right? You have uh, young entrepreneurs that are trying to work with someone that's more, been there for years and, and, and doing the same thing. So it's, it's hard to, to, uh, to make those things work. But I think definitely this is an area that uh, um, once this is meshes and, and works well, it, it's, it's improving, right? It's definitely improving year over year. Uh, and I think this is where the potential is, right? They have the big bodies of the companies that have the, the cash, the history, the client base, the distribution, they have, but they don't have the, the innovation that the tech on the other side. So I think combining the two is the, is the, is the future, managing to for the two to work together. I think that's that's the way it should be uh, and, and it will help uh, those, this industry. Amazing word of wisdom, Harry. When I think about big uh, players, you know, they have the money, they have the distribution, they have been here for some yeah. 335 years. But on the other side, you have the young players who have the innovation, they have the nimbleness, the ability to move fast, the chaos theory the ability to use technology to build new business model and being able to combine the two can actually be revolutionary. When I talk to insurers just in the past few days, those are some of the lessons learned they've shared with me. The ability to collaborate with startup, have them change their internal DNA, the internal mindset, and realize they don't need always one year to put a new product together or to the market. It can actually happen in just a few months. 
So Harry, I wanted to thank you so much for joining me on Scouting for Growth. And I look forward to continuing the conversation and seeing you in the new year. Bye. Bye-bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. If you like this podcast, subscribe now, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed it, please give it a five-star review. Also, if you want to cover any specific subject with me, contact me on Instagram under Sabine VDL Officials or LinkedIn under Sabine Van der Linden. Thank you.